an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Friday morning for my favorite show of the week with two of my favorite co-workers. It's Derek Brown. It's Pat Fitzmorris. Guys, we are running through key questions for every matchup on the Week 7 slate, obviously not including Thursday Night Football because that already happened. There are six teams on bye this week. It is brutal. Fitz was talking about this last week, looking ahead to this week of how unfun this is going to be with all the teams on bye. I will run through those quickly. It's the Panthers. It's the Bengals. It's the Cowboys. It's the Texans. It's the Jets. And it's the Titans. So six teams in total. We're going to have this again in week 13, by the way. So everybody get ready for a second bye Mageddon as everybody's trying to clinch their playoff spot later in the season. But for now, we will jump into our matchup previews. I really like this slate. There's a great game in the early slate. I think one of the marquee matchups, we're going to start with that one. There's a great game in the late afternoon slate, and there's a great Sunday night football, so we're going to have a super fun day watching football all Sunday long. Guys, let's jump into Lions at Ravens, which is, of course, the marquee matchup in the early slate. Matchup previews. Key question here, two good teams, two offenses we like with lots of good players, but the total's actually down at 43 for this game on DraftKings because the defenses are really strong too. It's just a really good game overall. Which players do we think are going to have the biggest day in this one? Again, a lot of stars to choose from, and Fitz, I'll start with you. Yeah, Ryan, um, it is kind of a defensive showcase. The Ravens rank second in overall defensive DVOA and the Lions rank third, so um Man, maybe that total even seems a little bit tall. So um, I, really the only guys I have full faith in this week, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know yes. he's going to get his rushing and add a little bit of passing yardage too. Like the the floor is pretty high with Lamar. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown, like he's averaging 91 receiving yards a game and 9.1 yards per target. He's just so good at getting open and making himself available to Jared Goff. And um, I, like speaking of Goff, I, I would not be afraid to start him either, even in a tough matchup. I think the Ravens are along the fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. But I mean, we some people were kind of worried about the Goff home road splits last week. And then he went out and uh, threw up like 22 fantasy points against the Buccaneers in Tampa. He is uh, fifth in passing yardage. Tied for fifth in touchdown passes, sixth in fantasy points per game, uh, third in passer rating. Like, I trust Jared Goff. I trust his play caller, Ben Johnson. I'd, I'd start him in a 16 bye week. Like, he is a low-end quarterback one. Yep. D-Rose, are those same two stars that you're you're trusting most in this one? And is there any hesitation, uh, you know, with David Montgomery out and maybe this running game severely limited, that Goff, a guy who likes to work off the play action, struggles a bit more than he has in recent weeks? Um, 
I mean, I think there's enough data out there to show that you don't really need the threat of the running game to still operate and play action. Like you could still get linebackers and safeties to bite and things of that nature. So I think that this offense, if anything, that could take uh, Detroit to take their foot off the gas a little bit as far as the running game. Uh, but we saw that last week. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown got absolutely fed last week. That could happen again this week. I mean, if Craig Reynolds is danged up, Jameer Gibbs isn't a full 100%. Uh, Bam Knight's on the IR. Like, who, who are they going to run out there and give carries to and not put the ball in Jared Goff's hands? And, yeah, Fitz, like, you're, you're absolutely right, man. Like, Goff is playing out of his mind. I keep writing this up in the primer every week. I'm like... If this dude had the touchdown variants and things like that, like we'd be talking about him because he is playing like every efficiency metric you look at is top five. So shout out to Jared Goff and keep it rolling, baby. I've got him as uh Fitzy. Where do you have him ranked? I've got him as QB 12 right now, but I think you can make a case for golf starting at QB nine, QB 10. I think I'm at 11 with him. Okay. And yeah. like, even then, even the touchdowns haven't been bad. He's got what 11 so yeah. far in, in yep. six games. Like that's not bad. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so trust Jared Goff. Start him if you got him. And, but I love Fitzy's call for Lamar. I think he is going to go out. He's going to go legend mode this week. I think that this game could go over the total if the Detroit Lions can push back against the Ravens uh, because Detroit has been allowing yardage. They have been allowing passing touchdowns. But the other guy that I want to bring up here, and we haven't seen, I know he had a two-touchdown game earlier this season, but this is legit like the dream matchup, bottom five matchup for Mark Andrews, he's going to crush this matchup. Detroit is allowing the fourth most receiving yards and the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. So I'd have to go pull it up. I don't think well, we haven't seen a hundred yard day out of Mark Andrews this season, right, boys? No, no. unless I'm I just wildly okay. So I'm going to call something. it then. He, yeah. He's going to get a hundred and he's going to get a touchdown this week. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure he hasn't even gotten close to Santel. He had yeah, he had an 80-yard game in that big one where he had two that touchdowns Browns, against the Browns. Right? He hasn't yep. topped 70 yards in any other game. Yep. He's gotten over 60 a couple times. He's so going it's for not a hundo. Nothing, hundo but. and a toddy, baby. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth noting, too, that Lamar Jackson, like, the, the, the Browns defense is this historically good unit, and Lamar mm-hmm. kind of torched them. He was super efficient. He scored yep. four touchdowns yeah. combined through the air and on the ground. So that was another tough matchup that he didn't really he's seem to He's playing out of his mind, too, oh and people gosh, don't yeah. really understand it because he's he 23rd so in passing touchdowns. If that was the case, people would be talking about Lamar and how, what he's doing this year because he, he's, he's top five in basically every efficiency metric. I was going to say, at. he's the most obvious example I've seen in a while of, like, if you watch the games and you see what he's doing, you're blown away Nuts. and then you go look at like the, the basic counting stats and you're like, really? That's all he has. He, he looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask about a name we've talked about a lot in the show, but not so far today. And that's Zay Flowers. And I want to ask you guys about his betting pros player prop. You can find all these that I referenced throughout the show, all these props on bettingpros.com. He's plus 170 to score a touchdown in this one. And his receiving yardage line is set at 56 and a half. Do we like either of those? Again, plus 170 to score a touchdown for Zay Flowers or over under 56 and a half. Debra, what do you think about that one? The the anytime touchdown is not high enough for me to bite. Like, I think he could get a touchdown, but he's only got one on the year. There's a lot of like his usage stats. You can make the case, but those odds are just not high enough for, for me to bet in any time. Um, I would take the over under receiving yards just based off the volume. Like I said, like Detroit has been allowing passing volume um, through the air. They're middle of the road or maybe they're close to the top 12 off the top of my head as far as passing yardage. So I would take Zay Flowers, take the receiving yardage over. Fitz, how about you? I'm going to go under like I think that 
total is spot on. Not real interest in the touchdown prop. Like Debro said, I don't think the the price is right there. But um, I'm going to go under just because, as Debro said, um, Mark Andrews is in line maybe for a big day. And kind of weird that the team coached by the former tight end doesn't know how to defend tight ends. But maybe uh, they only (laughs) defend blocking tight ends since since Dan Campbell was one. Um, Yeah, and just having Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham healthy, like – Zay Flowers has been pretty dependable. High floor, kind of low ceiling with yardage. So he's going to finish probably right around this number somewhere. But if I, you know, if you force me to play it, I'd probably take under. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. It's actually pretty tough to pick my favorite game on the Week 7 slate. I talked about it at the top of the show. There's a strong case to be made for Ravens-Lions or maybe Chargers-Chiefs. But you have to go with Dolphins at the Eagles. The spread is Philly by two and a half. The total is 52 over on DraftKings Sportsbook. So this shapes up to be an awesome, awesome game to cap off a fun day. However you plan to bet that one, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, this next game is uh, a little less exciting than Ravens-Lions. It's Raiders at the Bears. And I ask you this, Fitz, I'll start with you. Which players are actually startable in this battle of backup quarterbacks? The running backs, because <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of running by both teams. Uh, Josh Jacobs, of, of course, is a volume play. And I think at this point, Roshan Johnson still has not cleared the concussion protocol as we record this on Friday morning. So which is concerning. I mean, I'm glad the Bears are being cautious with him, but... I think even if he does get cleared, I would want to play Roche, uh, play Deonta Foreman. And like, I think a couple weeks ago when the, the Raiders played the Packers, we saw another power back, A.J. Dillon, look pretty good against the Raiders after he had not looked good in any of his previous games before that. So um, I don't know, maybe the Raiders just have problems with that archetype of running back and uh, you, you even if Roshan is cleared, you you have to imagine that Foreman playing with a backup quarterback is probably going to be good for at least 13 or 14 carries, maybe more. And, uh, you know, we've seen in the past when Foreman has been forced into workhorse usage, getting 20 carries or so, he can be valuable. He can put up those 100-yard those rushing games. Debra, what do you think? Do you agree on the running backs? And also, a guy like DJ Moore, how worried are we about him with a backup quarterback? <sighs> I mean pretty worried um this kind of comes down to what does Bajan do 
versus pressure. Uh, I know Max Crosby, I want to say, is also banged up. Um, looking at his, yeah, limited with a knee and a thumb injury. So we'll see if he plays. But if he plays, I worry about the Raiders' pressure getting to, to Bajent. But, I mean, DJ Moore is still going to be wider, low-end wide receiver two, high-end three. I mean, probably a three just based off of volume alone. Um, the ceiling is the big question. Um, I'm, I don't think that the Raiders' secondary is anything you have to worry about. It really comes down to can Bajan get enough time in the pocket pocket to get the ball to DJ Moore. So I love Pat's call on Deontay Foreman. I think he gets fed here because, yeah, Roshan, I don't think Roshan's going to play. He still hasn't even practiced. So the chances of him getting to not only practicing but clearing concussion protocol this late in the week, probably not going to happen. So fire up Deontay Foreman. Pat, where do you, where would you have uh, Roshan, I mean, uh, excuse me, Deontay Foreman ranked in um this week like assuming he's going to get the work he's split with uh, darrington evans i'm I'm, i don't know what the game script's going to look like for this game so like i'll I'll tell you this he's he's rb 28 in the expert consensus rankings he's going to be top 15 for me if there's no roshan i i agree with that i think that top 15 top 20 because you you get past the top I mean, you get past Aaron Drones, Ramondre, like I could even make cases for him to be over them. So, yeah, yeah. I think top 15 is exactly right. Um, the only other guy I want to bring up here is is Michael Mayer, man. Uh, I talked about this on the waiver wire show. His usage has been amazing. Week six, he got an 18% target share. He was at almost a 70% route run rate. And the other metrics have been amazing. And you look at Chicago, they're allowing the seventh most receiving yards and eighth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Uh, People might be shocked when they look at my ranks on fantasy pros, but I've got Michael Mayer as my tight end nine this week because the usage is there. And I mean, do we think that Aiden O'Connell is not going to just check the ball down or throw it across like short passes for easy completions across the middle to Mayer? So fire him up, man. If you got him off the waiver wire, start him this week. I, I would have been surprised by that aggressive ranking if we hadn't talked about it on yesterday's show with Erickson when I was very surprised and you uh you had defended yourself there already. Where, Where do you have Mayor at, uh Fitz? Pretty to be honest, like he's around um tight end twenty. Like I'm yeah, maybe the backup quarterback leans a little more heavily on the tight end, but I'm also a little worried about the quality of the targets. So I just can't okay. I can't push him up there. I've still got him below the uh you know, the Taysom Hills, the Cole Komets. Um, so, yeah, I'm just like not as in, generally enthusiastic about the arc of his season, but not enthusiastic this week with the back of a okay. quarterback. Fitz is more in line with consensus on that. So let's go to game number three, Browns at the Colts. My key question here, and this is going to be a key question anytime a middling team faces this Browns team, but can the Colts or really any middling team score enough on this elite Browns defense to actually help your fantasy team? Fitz, what do you think? I think maybe Michael Pittman can get enough targets to scratch out a decent number of fantasy points for you. And maybe Jonathan Taylor can break off a long run. Hasn't happened yet since he's gotten back, but Taylor is certainly capable of it. Boy, other than that, it's it's pretty bleak. I don't really want to play Josh Downs this week. Ooh. I don't think there's a very high ceiling. Debro can can give me a counter argument on that, but um, yeah, I'm just like I'm not excited about Minshew this week against this defense. Like the Browns are really tough, man. Number one overall defense in DVOA. They've got studs at every level of the defense up front, linebackers, back end. They can cover, get after the passer, stop the run. Like this is a this is a skull and crossbones matchup. Debro, 
You want to make that counter argument? So I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not immensely like crazy high on Josh Downs, but I think he's a volume play. And if he gets in the end zone, he's probably going to scratch another top somewhere between top 24, top 36 uh, week. Now the question is, can he get the touchdown? But the thing I want to highlight here is if you look at how the Colts match up against what the Browns are going to do this week, and they run man coverage at the highest rate in the NFL. So 42% Michael Pittman has been low key bad versus man coverage. And if you look at the usage for the Colts, Josh downs actually leads this team in not only target share at 22.7%, but yards per route run at 1.7 and first read target share at 23% for the Colts against man coverage. So Josh Downs has quietly been their go-to against this coverage type. So I think he is going to lead the team in targets this week and not Michael Pittman. And even if you look at the ca- the corner matchups on the outside, do we want Gardner Minshew going over the middle against Greg Newsom, which nothing against Greg Newsom. He's played great, but I would rather try Greg Newsom than try to deal with Denzel Ward and Martin Emerson. Martin Emerson is playing out of his freaking mind this year. I don't want to throw at those guys. But on Josh Downs, I think he could walk away with a good game if he gets uh, because the other part about this is the Colts showed last week. They have no issues letting Minshew throw the ball 50 freaking times when they're in catch up mode. And if the Browns put up points in this, he's going to throw throw often and Downs is going to lead them in targets. So we don't have information yet on if Deshaun Watson like officially is going to play or not. He did throw Mm -hmm. in practice yesterday. You know, again, we're recording this Friday morning, so obviously, and that more video was not come p- p- spectacular. Like it, it. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have seen the video, but it, the the ball did not have a lot of zip on it. Yeah. I, I still put, I still favor PJ Walker playing in this game. If Deshaun does play, do we bump up the Browns' skill players a significant amount, or because he hasn't really looked that good, and also didn't really look that good in practice, are we still kind of shying away from any borderline guys there, regardless, Steve Rowe? I mean, to me, it's a wash. And I know people could scratch their heads and say, what? Are you serious? And my pushback, have you watched Deshaun watch him play this year? He's not been good. PJ Walker is not that much different than watching Deshaun Watson play. And that might sound crazy, but it's real. PJ Walker has YOLO to his game. He's going to go out there and chuck it and does not care, does not matter. So um, to me, I think it's a wash whether Watson or Walker plays. Really good matchup for Amari Cooper. I do not want to start David Njoku no matter what or who is under center this week. He's done nothing. People are ranking David Njoku every single week just based off of name alone. He has no target share to speak of. He has no red zone targets. He has no deep targets. So I don't know why people want to still fire up David Njoku, but it's happening. Fitz, what do you think about that side of the ball? Yeah, I will be Debro's Greek chorus on this one. I mean, we feel, what, maybe 5% better about Amari Cooper if Deshaun Watson played rather than P.J. Walker. Like, P.J. Walker got Amari Cooper up over 100 yards against the 49ers last week. And and really, but let's face it, Cooper is the only guy we're considering here. Like, I don't want to play Elijah Moore. I don't want to play Njoku. Don't want to play Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I'm actually forced <laughs> to start him in a 14-team league with three flexes. Uh, yeah, not really okay, excited fine. about that. Jeez. Look at DPJ going for 16 a touchdown. Just he's got the Fitz magic. 
This is the, a great opportunity to talk about this year's fantasy over-under challenge presented by Betting Pros. Each week, the guys will be making over-under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks at fantasypros.com slash challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is Amari Cooper. His line is set at 11.5 fantasy points against the Colts. Again, we don't know the quarterback yet for sure, but do we think he goes over or under 11 and a half fantasy points against Indy Fitz? Man, as soft as the Colts cornerbacks are, I'm I'm still going under here. Like, I think he needs a, unlike last week, I think he's probably going to need a touchdown to get there. I don't know if we see quite the same volume from Ari Cooper, and I'm going to, I'm going to go under. It's really close. I don't think Debro agrees. Fitzy, you can't be the undertaker here, man. Come on, baby. Like. Cooper just went for a hundo versus the 49ers. What's he going to do to this secondary? Uh, come on, man. I, where, where, tell me this. Where do you have Cooper ranked this week? If he can't, like because eight. here's the thing. If he can't get 11 and a half fantasy points, do you need, do we need to drop his rank? I've got him like wide receiver 18. Okay. I mean, that's, that's about the, where I'm living at. I think he's got the over. Um, it, remember and, it also, there's six teams on by. So some of these rankings might sound a little no, higher. And, than that, and that's fair. Normal. That's fair. I mean, I think even if we had a full slate of teams, I would be ranking, and that's one of the context I want to put on. If even if we had a full slate of teams, no buys, I would be ranking Amari Cooper as a top twenty wide receiver this week. PJ Walker showed it last week versus the 49ers. He does not care. They are gonna throw the ball. He is gonna feed Amari Cooper and versus a secondary where I mean, if anything, they've been good versus the slot. They have not been good. The perimeter corners are not playing good. Juju Brents is not playing good. Jalen Jones is not playing good. Amari Cooper is going to get the ball and I'll even throw, I'll throw this wrench into it too. I think that he can get over this number and not have to get into the end zone. Okay. Debro, of course, handles the primer every single week, but I also want to mention that with our My Primer tool, you can get a personalized view of the primer tailor-made for your specific fantasy team. All you have to do is head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and quickly sync your team for our in-depth advice on all of your players, on all of your teams. Let's go to game number four on the slate here. Bills at the Patriots. Key question, is this the game that Ramondre Stevenson finally busts out in a major way given the matchup D bro. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, the matchup is there. It's screaming at us. Saquon Barkley uh, had a good, a very good game against this same run defense. And if Mondre can't do it here, I don't know when he's going to do it. Uh, the, the panic bells are sounding. The whistles are going off, but the, the matchup is absolutely there guys. The Bills run defense has been terrible. I think this is, we kind of joked about this earlier in the week. This should be the game where, you know, the hoodie walks in there and says, all right, we're running the ball 50 times. Mac Jones, you sit down, sir. You throwing the ball five times today. Does not matter. Because you have a Bills run defense, third worst explosive run rate, the highest yards after contact per attempt in the NFL, given up to opposing rushing attacks, and 5.0 yards per carry to gap runs, which are 60% of Mondre's carries. So fire up Mondre. I mean, I've got him as a top 20 back this week. I don't feel great about it, but the matchup screams that that's what we need to be ranking him. Fitz, same question. And also batting pros player prop here, Ramondre Stevenson plus 260 to score a touchdown in this one. So does he get in the end zone? 
Mm. Plus two sixty. Mm. That is a little tempting. I don't. I don't mind that mm. price. Like I'd. I'd be willing to consider that one. I, I wish it was higher, ha- but it's still. A, yeah. Yeah, maybe a half unit on that one. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not wildly excited about his outlook, even though the matchup does seem pretty good. Like the the Patriots running game ranks 23rd in DVOA, and PFF has the Patriots run blocking graded 24th this year. So they are just not clicking in the running game. And I wonder if they are positioned to be able to exploit a good matchup. I don't really think there's much else to talk about in this matchup besides Ramondre. Everybody else is kind of obvious what you're doing with. So let's move on to Commanders at Giants. We got lots of Sam Howell questions this week on Twitter. Where are we ranking him in this one? And where should he be ranked among quarterbacks rest of season? Again, that's Sam Howell. Fitz, I'll start with you this time. Oh, I've got him QB 12 this week um, due to the 16 by. I've got him QB 18 this season. I know Debro is not a Sam Howell believer. I remain a Sam Howell agnostic, but admittedly, I'm a little skeptical about his ability to remain a multi-year starter. Um, you cannot take as many sacks as Sam Howell is taking. He's been mm-hmm. sacked 34 times in six games. That's almost six sacks a game. Like sacks, short circuit possessions. Like you just can't do, they're almost, they're like worth half a turnover, I feel like. So, um, man, you just can't take that many sacks and expect to be a starter for very long in the NFL. Debra, what do you make of Howell, you know, not just this week, but moving forward as well? Uh, I think you, if you have him in dynasty, get rid of him. I, I do not think that he is going to be the qu- starting quarterback for this team next year. I think Riverboat Ron is gone. I think they gut the coaching staff. I think the new owning, uh, ownership that comes in is going to hire their guy and probably draft a quarterback. So it just feels like another one of these guys like Sam Howell is the new Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's the new flavor to jewelry. He's the new Davis Mills. He's the new guy that's a bridge quarterback, but the bridge is burning. So uh, I've got Sam Howell. I, I, I think Fitz has hit this the nail on the head here. I think that this week with looking at buys, he is a borderline QB one. Uh, I've got him at QB 13. So we're handholding basically uh, rest of season. I've got Sam Howell at QB 18. Um, I, I just think he's in a long list of laundry guys where it's like you consider streaming him uh, depending on the matchup or weeks like this where there's buys and he's probably because of the volume. The volume has been great. But the other parts or pieces that we wanted a Sam Howell, uh, i.e. good quarterback play. And where is the rushing we were promised in the offseason? Like, where is that? Because UNC rushing Sam Howell, not really seeing that much in the NFL level. If he if you were to marry rushing production with all of the passing volume that Sam Howell has, we probably would have a guy that's threatening for top 12 ranks on a bait, like on a weekly basis. Like I'm not telling you to be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty, but with all of that volume. And if you put rushing on top of that, Sam Howell would be probably close to a top 12 quarterback on a weekly basis, but we're not getting that. So I, I will, eh. I will point out that if first six weeks of the season, if you take out that Bills game, which was a total disaster, right? He finished QB 32 in that one. He's been QB 14 or better in mm-hmm. standard quarterback scoring yep. every single week. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since week one. And it's not like his numbers are really jumping off the page as like, oh, he's topping 20 points week in and week out. So maybe it speaks a little bit to the position as a whole, but he's finished 11th, 14th, 13th, 5th, and 7th. Again, ignoring that Bills game. He's throwing so, so freaking much, man. He's got like, I mean, he's got three games I'm looking at over 
for 290 passing yards. If we were to only get 30 rushing yards, maybe 40 a game. And I know that sounds like a lot, but like, even if you put him in the thirties, that small little bump, he'd probably be a top 12 quarterback for the season. He's his nine to two touchdown to interception ratio. Again, excluding that one bills game. But I mean, Fitz mentioned it. The sacks are just abominable. You you can't, he's going to crush the record for sacks in the season. You know, it's, it's, it's like Babe Ruth of sacks. Like nobody else is even close. He has one game where he has not been sacked five or more times, like six, four, nine, five, 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 like start any defense versus the commanders because you're going to get a few sacks Mm -hmm. and you're probably going to like be close to a top 12 defense that week. Justin Fields took the most sacks last year, 55 and (laughs) Howell is already Good up to Lord. 34 and we're oh not even in the gosh. midpoint of the season. That's I mean, that that's outrageous. close to like David Carr. Like, like he is getting like pulverized, like a piece of meat. Man. Yeah. It's, we, it's, week eight, it's the sad. Eagles are going to feast week 12. Oh. Dallas is going to just, I mean, Michael Parsons is going to have Michael Parsons is going to be standing over. Going, <laughs> alone. Yeah. It's going to be the, uh, the AI meme. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, let's go to another betting pros over under challenge here. With Sam Howell, his line is set at 18 fantasy points against the Giants. Do we trust him to go over that mark? And he, it's something he's done four out of six games this season. Fits 18 points. Is he going over it this week? I'm going to say yes because of the matchup. Like, I, I think the commanders want to run the ball. I don't know if they can anymore. Their running game has really gone mm. south in the last couple of weeks. So I wonder, I mean, we saw that game where, what, the the commanders had like 50 straight dropbacks without a uh, designed running play. Uh, I'm going to say he goes over just on volume. Debra. <laughs> this line is set really good. Uh, I hate this line. Um, uh, I'm going to take the under and, and, and it's not related to volume. I'm, I'm taking the under only because, because of the rushing <laughs> matchup. I think um, I'm worried about the touchdowns going to Brian Robinson or the backfield. That that's the only reason. Could he absolutely get over this on volume? It's possible. Fellas, at this point, we all know there's no better sports month than October. Football is well underway. The baseball postseason is here. Brand new basketball and hockey seasons are upon us. And while we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. I have not made it out to an NFL game yet this season, but I have seen my Orioles live for a postseason game. And I've also started looking into tickets for my beloved Maryland Terrapins basketball team for when I'm back east over the holidays. I can't wait to argue with Fitz about who's better, Maryland or Wisconsin this season. And after how smoothly it went getting tickets for the O's game a couple of weeks ago, you know when I go to this game, I'm only using the best way to get tickets to any of these games. That's on Game Time, the official ticketing app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They let you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They're all in prices, show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And it takes no time at all. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code FANTASYPROS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FANTASYPROS. That's FANTASYPROS, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I love taking shots at Fitz and the Badgers when there's no time in the show for us to really get into it. So he can't rebut me. (laughs) Let's go to game number six here. The last in the early afternoon. He's got the shirt on. He's got the shirt. Uh, Let's go to game number six here. 
Falcons <sighs> at Buccaneers. Key question here. Who do we trust more in the Falcons passing game relative to their position? Drake London or Kyle Pitts? Fitz, I will allow you to go first here. <laughs> Drake London. I do not yep. understand the low expert consensus ranking for London. Uh, and his ECR... It's like been chronically low ever since he was shut out against the Panthers in week one. I think people are terrified by that and by the Arthur Smith play calling, which I can at least understand. Um, But ever since London was shut out from week two on, he has averaged 8.4 targets, 5.2 receptions and 65.8 receiving yards a game. Drake London has been the wide receiver 19 in fantasy points per game since week two. So um, the matchup this week, not bad at all going up against the Buccaneers who have given up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I feel a little bit more confident about him than I do about uh, Kyle Pitts, who, you know, still trails Jonu Smith in targets and receptions. Debra. Fitz, where you got London at ranked at this week? I've got him at a uh, wide receiver 20, 20 also. All right. Love it, man. Um, yeah. I, I'm just going to sing the same praises. It's London. And it, it, not only the volume, but Kyle Pitts is not a full-time player in this offense, man. He's playing 53 to 55% of the snaps. He's basically been a part-time slot wide receiver. So, you know, it's not me hating on Kyle Pitts, but I can't trust him over Drake London. Drake London doesn't leave the field and been saying this before, and I'll say it again. Drake London's a better player than Kyle Pitts. I mean, he, he just is. He's an alpha wide receiver. If he even got middle-of-the-road quarterback play in Atlanta, Drake London would be, or he will be, if when they get middle of the road quarterback play, just just replacement level, give me replacement level quarterback play for the Falcons. Drake London will catch 100 balls. He he is that freaking good. His all 22 is filthy. He's open constantly. So get the man a quarterback, throw him the dang ball and watch magic happen. I will point out Kyle Pitts back to back weeks with 12 fantasy points and half PPR back-to-back top nine finishes at the position. It's not a very good position. He wasn't like, you know, some insane, crazy breakout game, but maybe some signs of life there as well. Um, But I would be inclined to agree with you guys on Drake London just looking that much better. I like Uh, Pitts this week. I mean, I'm not trying to shade Pitts. I like Pitts. The matchup is really good for Pitts. Like, you take the Tampa slot corner. Dude, Pitts has like eight inches of height and 40-something freaking pounds on this dude. So just size alone he should win that matchup. So I, I like Pitts. I want to throw that out there this yeah. week. I do have a second question in this game, and, and we don't really talk about the Bucks that much on this show. So I do just want to ask, did the clock strike midnight on Baker Mayfield last week, or was he just struggling because of a tough matchup, Fitz? Oh, I mean, I hope no one was ever deluding themselves into thinking Baker Mayfield was some sort of long-term <laughs> answer and quarterback for the Buccaneers or for your fantasy team. Um, I, like, just based on a handful of decent games to open the season. Baker is straddling that line between starter you don't feel good about or backup you feel great about. And we kind of saw that last year. He was a a train wreck as the starter for the Panthers. Then the Rams, desperate for quarterback help, bring him in. And we're pretty pleased with what Baker Mayfield gave them 
at the end of the season and and helping them get across the finish line. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Baker is going to be one of those guys who's just like a, a stopgap starter for the rest of his career or a really good backup. He's in the middle of a stretch too, coming out of his bye, Detroit. Atlanta, at Buffalo, at Houston, home against Tennessee, then at San Francisco. There's a lot of tough matchups for a quarterback Mm. in that stretch that he's now currently in the middle of. Let's go to the late afternoon slate here, and we'll start off with Steelers at Rams. And this is kind of an obvious one. It's maybe the question of the week across fantasy. How are we approaching the Rams' backfield without Kyron Williams? Debra, I'll start with you. I don't freaking know what to do with him. Uh, And I wrote this up at the primer. I was like, look, I'm sorry if you came to this looking for for blurbs on Zach Evans and Daryl Henderson and things like that. I'm monitoring beat writer reports. I'm going to dive into that uh, Friday and later uh, today and, and hopefully have all that updated by Friday night. But like, it's a freaking mess, man. It, it comes down to. You don't feel good about starting any of these guys, any of these guys. I mean, literally, I think the best answer for which Rams running back is just invest more in their passing game, because that's probably what happens here Uh, for everybody worried about which Rams running back to start. It's like maybe you probably should consider Tutu Atwell a little bit more in your flex than, okay, do I chase Zach Evans this week? Because we see this out of NFL offenses all the time. You lose players, you lose um, skill players. And what happens to the offense? They either lean on the other skill players more heavily, or they consolidate and the targets or the work goes to the skill players that are still left there that are, you know, have been playing good all year. And so with Puka Nakua fully healthy, not even on the injury report anymore. Cooper cup is back. Stafford just could air the freaking ball out and the Rams could run 20 times and he gets split up three different ways. And we could look at this and say, this is very Cardinals esque where we think we know the guy. And then we walk out of the week and we're like, the answer was just no one. Yeah. Fitz. I want to highlight the staff rankings on, on Zach Evans. Cause I think he's the, the at least biggest name of the people that, you know, folks might be considering playing in this backfield. Erickson is way higher than consensus. He has him up at RB17. Debro is way lower than consensus. He has him down at RB38. You're more yeah. in line with consensus. I believe consensus is RB26. And Fitz, you're at 29. Joe's at 28. So you guys are kind of closer to what the industry is thinking. So whether it's Zach Evans or another name in this backfield, how are you approaching the Rams this week? Yeah, so I guess my porridge is just right, is what you're yes. saying. Between, yes. uh, you know... <laughs> Baby bear and, and Papa bear. Um, yeah, I have an RB29. I'm actually starting him in a couple leagues, but man, I don't feel great about it, even though the Pittsburgh run defense has not been good. Um, very good chance Royce Freeman owns the passing downs. Uh, we kind of forget Woof. this, but back in 2019, Royce Freeman actually had a 43 catch season for the Broncos. Uh, we don't know if either Miles Gaskin or Daryl Henderson will be active for the Rams. Like, I agree with you, bro. I think the answer is just invest more in the uh, Rams passers. Like Stafford's averaging Ugh. 37.3 pass attempts per game. And um, that was kind of dragged down last week when he threw 24 against the Cardinals when they just let Kyron Williams salt away the game late in the second half. I think he's going to throw it more than 40 times this week. So, um, yeah, just not a lot of interest in investing in Rams running backs this week. I I had to even go look, Warren, when you brought it up. I was like, I don't even know where I have Zach Evans ranked right now because I, I had him low and I'm just like, look, I'm going to update him on Friday. Um, live right now, I've pushed him up to RB35, but 
I mean, he's he's in a mix of like, do you do you want to start him or Keontae Ingram? Do you want to start him or AJ Dillon, Jeff Wilson, Gus Edwards? Like all these guys where you're just like 10 to 12 touches and maybe a touchdown. Like I, I get why Erickson has him ranked where he has him because is there an outcome, a less than zero outcome where he goes out there and he gets 15 touches or what have you and, and scores a touchdown? Sure, that that that's great. But the I think we have the same odds that he goes out there and he gets eight touches, he gets 30 total yards and does nothing. So I'll probably be, when it's all said and done, somewhere around consensus, maybe a shade below, but ugh. Everybody, I, everybody should go listen to mm. the Must Start show that we dropped yesterday if you want to yep. hear Erickson make the case. For Zach Evans, because he does have him ranked aggressively up at RB17, like I mentioned. I do want to also ask in this one, looks like we're getting back Deontay Johnson. Are we trusting him in his first game back from the extended absence? He hasn't played since week one, of course. Fitz, what do you think? Somewhat. Um, I'm ranking him just a bit cautiously, wide receiver 36, in case maybe they don't give him a full snap share in his first game back. Debra? I mean, he got six teams on by. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, whether you want to trust him or not, you're probably playing him. So I'm with Fitz on this. I've got him at, um, where'd you get him at Fitz? 36. I've got him in this. I mean, it's the same, same ballpark. I've got him as a wide receiver three. I got him at wide receiver 28 and the matchup is rough, but I think that you should look at Deontay Johnson in a similar area code as DJ Moore, Jacoby Myers, players like this were, could they be, Low-end wide receiver twos or wide receiver twos this week, possibly, but it's probably a safer bet to look at them as volume-dependent wide receiver threes. And I, and I will say this. I think that he gets a full workload this week. I just don't know how much he does with it, considering Kenny Pickett's been playing some pretty bad football. Okay, football season is finally here, and there's one thing every fan should know. You can get anything you need for game day delivered with Uber Eats. Well, almost Almost anything, because no, you can't get a new running back for your team delivered with Uber Eats, but flapjacks, baby back ribs, and cold six-packs, yeah, you can definitely get those. Great pass protection, that's a no. Great pizza selection from your favorite places, that's a yes. Championship defense, nope. Deodorant, yep. Refs that don't stink, no. Air fresheners, yes. Game-clinching turnovers, no. But pastry turnovers, you know, the kind with delicious apple filling, Oh, yeah, because that's groceries, and Uber Eats deliver those, too, along with food from your favorite restaurants and other essentials. And the best part, you can get it all without missing a second of the action on your TV. So this football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Order now. Uber Eats, official on-demand partner of the NFL. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. 
They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, let's go to game number eight here. Cardinals at Seahawks. The key question here is, is it finally time for the Jackson Smith and Jigba breakout game that we've been hoping for all season fits? I don't think we can confidently predict a JSN breakout game unless either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett is hurt. And, uh, you know, if Metcalf were to not play with this hip injury he's been dealing with, although I haven't seen any indication that he's in danger of missing this game. He, had, uh, he hasn't may- practiced all week, Fitz. If he doesn't play, yeah, then I'm wheels up against a, a bad Cardinals pass defense. But um, as if he is running third, like I just, it, it could happen, but I'm not going to boldly predict that it would if he's still just the third receiver. Debro, JSN, how aggressive are you being on him this week? Um, I'm going to be pretty aggressive, and the and and I guess this is where we divide. I I don't think that DK plays this week. I think that he has been banged up. This is uh, his. I mean, he hasn't practiced so far this week. Uh, I think uh, Fitz nailed it, though. Like, Friday's the big day. So what does he do? If he upgrades to a full practice, then sure, I'm probably eating my words and maybe he plays. But not practicing at all right now. He's been talking about in the media how banged up he's been and stuff. I think it's possible, especially in this matchup, too. We have to throw that out there. The Cardinals, I don't think Seattle's looking at the Cardinals and saying, well, we need DK to beat this team. Looking at their defense, I mean, it could be a lot of Tyler Lockett. They're going to feed Kenneth Walker. Zach Charbonnet's banged up, so it's Kenneth Walker day all the way through, baby. So uh, I think the JSN breakout could happen this week because if you look at the Cardinals, they can't stop anybody. Their zone coverage is soft. It's porous. It's Swiss cheese. They're allowing the 11th most receiving yards to opposing slot wide receivers. And if you look at the splits for JSN, in the slot versus out wide, out wide, he's got over 2.0 yards per route run. So he can play outside. If DK is out, he's going to play probably 50-50. He's going to play 50% on the outside, 50 in the slot. And they probably just throw somebody out there just to run routes whenever he goes into the slot. So I think this could be the breakout week because I'm projecting that DK Metcalf is probably out. We do have a poll up on Spotify. Uh, so everybody should go check that out and vote in that if they'd like to. Uh, who would you start among these four flex options this week, the options are JSN against Arizona, AJ Dillon against Denver, Zach Evans against Pittsburgh, or Cole Komet against Vegas. So fits of those three, or excuse me, of those four, JSN, Dillon, Evans, and Komet, who would you start? I've actually got Dylan ranked highest. Like the Packers are notoriously conservative for being cautious with injured players. So even though Aaron Jones is probably going to be back this week, I don't expect a full workload from him. And A.J. Dillon gets carries even when Jones is totally healthy. We know how bad this Denver run defense is. So I've got Dylan as a running back 24 this week. Deaver, who's your favorite of those four? Again, it's JSN, Dylan, Evans, and Komet. Um, 
because of how I'm projecting DK right now, I think that, and you're shooting for ceiling to kind of win your week, um, considering how many teams are on by and who you're playing and stuff, you might need that ceiling outcome. So uh, for me, it's going to be JSN. Although if DK does play, I will say this and I'll give a caveat. If DK plays, I'll, I'll side with Fitz. I'll go Dylan here. The results of the poll, Zach Evans actually getting the most votes, 43%, oh, followed by oh. JSN at 26%, followed That's by like AJ. Playing Russian roulette, man. Oh, <laughs> no. Fo- followed Shiny by AJ toy. Dylan at 17, uh-uh. and then Cole Komet is bringing up the rear with 12%. But yeah, Zach Evans winning uh-huh. that poll by a lot, actually. That's um, that's like the shiny new toy that that somebody handed you, and you're like, you go to take it out of the yeah. package. You're like, it's already broken. What, yeah. the, what is I, this? I do have a player prop here from Betting Pros. Uh, Geno Smith over under two hundred and fifty three and a half passing yards, one and a half passing touchdowns. We are ranking him pretty aggressively this week. I think everybody has him in the top nine. So, do we think he passes those numbers again? That's two hundred and fifty three and a half passing yards, one and a half passing touchdowns. Debro. Yeah, give me the over for both of those. Fitz? Same, same. I think that's the right percentage play. Chef Gino's going to cook this week, baby. Let's go. All right, let's go to Packers at Broncos. We talked a little bit about A.J. Dillon already. My key question is, does it matter that the Broncos defense held the Chiefs to under 20 points last week, or do we think this is still a no-doubt absolute smash spot for the entire Packers offense? Fitz, I'll start with you since you already started on Dillon. Yeah, I don't have full confidence in the Green Bay passing game just yet, although I'm not completely skeptical either. So um, jury out there, I do think the Jones-Dillon combination is going to do their fantasy managers proud this weekend. Debra? I think we need to get uh, closed caption like cameras inside of the Fitzmorris house for this weekend because uh, I think Pat's going to be running naked through the streets. <laughs> I think Jordan Love, I think the Packers are going to have a really good game. Um, and this really comes down to Jordan Love has wilted. He has fallen apart. He has not been good when he's been pressured. Well, probably not a problem this week. Denver ranks 30th in pressure rate. So Jordan Love should get clean pockets. Fire up all your Packers, man. There's going to be a lot of touchdowns scored by Green Bay in this game. So you got to like Love. He's going to be a top 12 quarterback this week. Watson, Dubs, like the cornerbacks have not been playing good. You got, you got Jones, you got Dylan. Fire them all up, man. Oh, and look at that. A dream matchup for Luke Musgrave. He's going to be a top 12 tight end. So I think there's going to be a lot of touchdowns scored in this game for Green Bay. We can parse through where those possibly go. But ranking Packers aggressively, I think, is a smart way to go this week. Did I mishear you, or did you say that because you think Pat is going to be running around naked, you want a camera feed of that? I, I'm not <laughs> saying that we don't have to censor and blur some things <laughs> to, out. I'm just to, to me, that's I, that's when I'm turning the cameras oh. off. <laughs> I think I think Packer fans need to know how excited Mr. Fitzmorris is. Okay, like I'm not saying oh. he needs to go sign up for an OnlyFans account. I'm just Jeez. I'm throwing it out there. An, an OnlyFans account. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited about the Raiders matchup two weeks ago, and that didn't really work out. So. Yeah, <laughs> true. Let's okay, see. so fine. Never mind. Pat, Pat's keeping running his around with his clothes on. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll all be thankful for that. Let's also hit one last player in the betting pros under over over under challenge. Uh, it's Debro's boy, Christian Watson. His line is set at exactly 10 fantasy points against this woeful Broncos defense. Over, under, I almost don't even need to ask D-Bro because I know No, he's you going don't have over. to ask me. And uh, Come on, you know my answer, boy. Uh-uh. <laughs> Fitz, Fitz, I'll ask you then. Over, under, 10 fantasy points for Christian Watson this week. 
I'll go over to, I mean, his yes. average depth of target is almost 20 yards. Uh, so far. <laughs> I know it's a small sample size, two games, but um, yeah, they're looking to hit him on the big play. And I think he'll get at least yes. one or two big plays against the Broncos. Let's go to what I think is the marquee game of the late afternoon slate. Not that I'm really going out on a limb there. And that's chargers at the chiefs. It's usually a lot of fun when these two teams square off in the Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes era. But Justin Herbert is coming off of his worst game of the season. It was on, He's on short rest, too. He now faces a good Chiefs defense that's been resting since last Thursday with the mini bye. Any cause for concern with Herbert and the Chiefs or excuse me, and the Chargers offense fits? Um. I mean, he hasn't been very sharp in his last two games. I thought Herbert would be better against the Raiders two weeks ago. I guess I'm not totally surprised by any starting quarterback laying an egg against the Dallas defense, which is, you know, just undeniably good. Um, but no, no real concerns for this week. I, I like that we're looking at a potential shootout. The Vegas total is 48. I mean, that's not quite the OK Corral, but uh, we could get a shootout between two pretty good offenses here. Debra. I think that I would be hitting the under I already have. Um, I just think this game is going to have much more of Kansas City ruling the day with their defense because that's what they've done all year, man. Like their defense is playing out of its mind. And this I, I'm not telling people not to start Justin Herbert, but pump the brakes a little bit. Do I see a top three, a top five week coming? I don't. Now, he's finished as QB nine in each of his last two meetings against this defense. So passing volume, having to try to push back against Patrick Mahomes and stuff. I think he is going to be a top 10 quarterback this week. I just don't know if it's going to be very pretty because Kansas City's past defense and Legereus Sneed have been incredible this season so far. By the way, just because I often don't get, you know, these old people movie references, I did get the OK Corral reference. I have seen Tombstone. It's a great movie. So. <laughs> these old people movie <laughs> references. Oh, my. Well, well, you were upset. You were upset that I didn't know uh, what Pee Wee Herman sounded like. Pee Wee Herman was. I, I knew who he was. I knew who he was. I didn't know what he sound. I didn't know what his voice sounded like. Have you seen Tombstone? Not, not. Yes, not, yes, I've seen know Tombstone. What, oh, you have. Okay. Yeah, I actually I went to Glenwood Springs a few years back for a buddy's bachelor okay. party, All and right. we went okay. to Doc okay. Holliday's, like the site of his grave, and we left like you know. You, you leave right, like a bullet and then like a shot glass full of whiskey on, on the grave. It was, I was it was like, yeah, I've, seen the movie. Got, I've got Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday up here on my shelf. That is one of the best yes. character actor performances Absolutely. ever. I was like, if you have not seen this worm, I yes, might have to I walk have. off the show I, right I, now. I, have, I don't even know I have not seen you. like Wyatt Earp or some of the other like interpretations. No, those but are, I have those seen yeah, see those. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, okay, let's go to probably the marquee game on the entire slate. Like I said earlier, Dolphins at Eagles. Such a fun matchup. Should have tons of fireworks. So instead of a question, I'm going to lay down a challenge to you guys. Pick one fantasy starter in this game and make the case against them this week. Not to sit them, but to at least temper expectations. Fitz, you can go first. Raheem Mostart. Um, the Eagles are giving up 49.2 rushing yards per game to opposing running backs and just 3.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, they're second in DVOA against the run. This has been an impregnable run defense. So I'll say Mostert is maybe the one guy who does not go over in this game. Debro is Mostert also your pick or do you have someone else in mind? We, we didn't compare cars before this. So I was, <laughs> I was, I was waiting with bated breath to hope that Pat wasn't going to pick my dude here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell people to pump the brakes on Jalen Waddle. And while I, I think that Miami is going to have to, I agree with Pat, they are going to have to attack 
via the pass. I think it's going to be another just monster game from Tyreek Hill. And if you look at what Jalen Waddle has done this far, thus far this season and how Philly has changed their coverage this year, I don't say that I agree with it, but Sean Desai has them running the ninth highest uh, rate of man coverage in the NFL. You look at how Waddle has been deployed versus that. His target share versus man has dwindled to 13%. He has an 18% air yard share. And so I think that this is just going to be a feed Tyreek game again this week. Like Tyreek could go for a 180 this week in a matchup where it's a pass funnel defense. They're not going to be able to run. Not a ton of Jalen Waddle. It's going to be all Tyreek all the time. So I wanted to pull, you know, some player props on betting pros for this game. And they were, of course, all like very exciting because this looks like it's going to be such a fun game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through eight of these really quickly and ask you guys just to pick out your favorite one. So these are all just anytime touchdown props. Mostert minus 160, Waddle plus 140, Tyreek minus 130, Devante plus 200, Hertz minus 130, Goddard plus 200, A.J. Brown even odds, DeAndre Swift minus 115. Again, Mostert minus 160, Waddle plus 140, Hill minus 130, Smith plus 200, Hertz minus 130, Goddard plus 200, A.J. Brown even, DeAndre Swift minus 115. Obviously, I don't expect you guys to remember all of those, but which of those stood out as your favorite among that group? Fitz? I'll take a Hertz tush push for minus 130, please. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Devro, D- uh, what about you? <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love that he phrased that like Jeopardy style. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you know what the one that stands out to me is I'll take the Goddard at plus two hundred. Uh, the Miami matchup for tight ends has been fantastic. Tenth most receiving yards, fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Uh, the Goddard one um, at the longest odds makes the most sense to me. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football. 49ers at the Vikings. To wrap up the slate here, key question, how worried are we about the Vikings offense now that we've seen them struggle a bit in that first week without Justin Jefferson? Debra, you can go first here. Very. Um, I mean, I, we talked about it. Kirk Cousins lost his binky. He, he didn't know what to do. I mean, he doesn't have anybody to go to Coles with him. Can't go shop together. Can't pick out matching outfits. Him and Justin Jefferson just aren't going to be able to hook up this week. And Jordan Addison was not that one 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 to one replacement of being the number one wide receiver. That now falls to TJ Hawkinson, and now you get a San Francisco pass defense that shuts down the tight end religiously. So you're going to have to ask Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, good luck, Captain Kirk. I wish you well, uh, to step up against the 49ers. I don't think they're going to do that. Kirk Cousins had 5.8 yards per attempt last week versus the Bears. What's... What's he going to do? What's he going to do versus the 49ers this week? No. And it's, versus it's all an the angry bills, 49ers man. team coming off a loss. Yeah. Uh, Fitz, what do you what do you make mm-hmm. of this one? Yeah, I mean, I think there are really no safe harbors with the Vikings offense anymore with Justin Jefferson gone. Like, you're content starting TJ Hawkinson, of course, just because tight end is such a wasteland and, and Hawkinson is going to get targets. Um, Madison is strictly a volume play. Don't love the volume play in a tough matchup. Um, but like, that's it. I mean, I, I think that's it for comfortable plays. Like you can start cousins, Addison Osborne any given week, but I don't think you're necessarily expecting, uh, that you're going to be happy about it afterwards. 
So I do want to quickly ask on the 49ers side of things. Obviously, it kind of seems, you know, on surface level as a full steam ahead bounce back spot. Again, they're going to come out angry after that loss. It's a defense they can take advantage of. But there are injury questions here. And since this game is being played on Monday night, so people will, you know, fantasy managers will have to make their decisions by Sunday. In most of these cases, I wanted to at least ask you guys, what do you expect to happen with some of these injured big names for the Niners? And how are you approaching these guys that are questionable as we sit here on a Friday morning? Fitz? So I heard Debo tell, I think it was Kay Adams, that he's going to be okay. So I'm I'm not sure if we're worried about him. Um, McCaffrey, look, I think in most cases he is worth waiting for if there is any ray of optimism whatsoever that he is going to play by the time we have to uh, lock in our lineups at, at 1, p.m., 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Like, you know, we're going to be watching the, uh, the, the Adam Schefter Twitter feed, the Ian Rappaport Twitter feed to see like what what the tea leaves are for McCaffrey. But if there's any chance, uh, I think you're probably waiting for it just because of the potential rewards. Debra, quickly, what are you doing on that? <sighs> um, I'm a little bit more pessimistic on Debo because in, in that same interview, he talked about how sore he was, things like that. I do think that he plays because a man's a freaking warrior. Um, I'm more worried about Christian McCaffrey. Um so if you're able to position it, if you do not have anybody else to play for that Monday night matchup, I would say throw CMC into your flex. If somehow he is, and you didn't get Jordan Mason, you didn't get Elijah Mitchell on uh, waivers, toss him into your flex. And this is the absolute desperation of desperations, but the player has a heartbeat. He can score fantasy points. We know they're going to have to throw because I don't think they're going to have to be able to run the ball. Brandon Powell would be that absolute desperation. Dear Lord, I need three points to win a matchup type of like, okay, CMC is out. Good Lord. What do I do? Every 49er and Viking is picked up. He's a name to consider if you are in ah, kind of desperation mode when it comes to Monday night. And if he gets ruled out. So a name I want to drop here. I think CMC is the one that I'm most concerned about missing this game though. We'll wrap things up there. Thank you for another fun Friday show, as always. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please be sure to go check out DraftKings Sportsbook and Game Time and all the other fun stuff we mentioned throughout the show. For Debro and Fitz, I'm Ryan Warmly. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's Pee Wee Championship game. 
a trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 